questions that really relate to the understanding of a single word in Scripture. And so this morning, uh, rather than trying to take time to answer all of those word questions, what does this mean, what does that mean, uh, instead of uh, giving you fish, we're going to teach you how to fish. And uh, <laughs> Carrie is going to illustrate the message. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any sign language, though. So <laughs> Carrie's going to introduce our lesson for today, and I hope I'm going to get our uh, electronic uh, demonstration functioning properly. So... Uh... I was talking with Paul as we were we were discussing word studies and um, how critical they are. This all, this all goes back to a couple verses, right? And I, this is a theme that just keeps coming up. One of them is our Awana theme verse. Approved workmen are not ashamed, right? You know what? What I always think about that word, that verse actually, because apparently if it says approved workmen are not ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, some of us will stand before the Lord, and I believe there's certain portions of that in my own life as well, that I'm like, oops, I got that one wrong. And it'll be apparent, you know, like, like uh, when Jesus was raised and he was walking on the, on the road to Emmaus and he like opened up their heart and eyes to all of the Old Testament. You know, we think about, oh, that'd be so awesome for us to actually do that. And I think in some ways, actually the cool part is that the Holy Spirit does that even right now. Uh, in the book of uh, Corinthians, Paul actually wrote and said that, uh, and I actually think this ties into into Second Timothy, that the Word of God is spiritual and that the Holy Spirit... This is crazy, but you know this even... Uh, so today is uh, Reginald and I's anniversary. We've been together for 30-some years, but this is our 23rd marriage anniversary. But the reality of it is, is that no one really knows a person except for you. You know what I'm talking about? Even in, in, even in our closest relationships... No one knows a person except the inside person. And in the Bible, it says in 1 Corinthians that only the spirit of a man really knows the man. So there's the person that we present, that we project, and then there's the real us, right? And the Bible says that God gave us his spirit and that his spirit searches the depths of God and wants to reveal everything that God is to us, which is crazy because even in our closest relationships, we still hide stuff sometimes. But God says, I don't want to hide anything. I want to show you all that I am and that in the seeing of me that you will be changed and that you will grow in your love for me and then in your love for one another. And so we want to be people who are approved workmen, who are not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so um, this goes back to a couple of our first messages about what do we believe about this book, right? And do you remember some of the the words that we talked about originally? What were they about the book? What was it? Some of them. Do you guys remember? The word, every word of God is inspired, right? That God actually breathed the word of God. um, And we believe that in in their original text, um, in the Hebrew, uh, Aramaic, and and then Greek. And then we have these. And then it says we believe that the word of God cannot be broken because if God wrote it, that there's no errors in it. We call that its infallibility. And so we want to be people that look at his word for truth and understanding. And that's what we're looking at. Today, a little bit differently, we're going to be talking about um, word studies. Um, So if we believe that God actually wrote the book and chose specific words 
and languages, and he put his truth into a book for us. Listen, it wasn't like he just dropped it and then left. Okay, He actually inspired men. Peter actually said that um, God actually breathed his word through people into and used these individuals to write his words down so that we can understand it. And the thing is, is that the scripture also says that the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than a, I like this one, two-edged sword. I, like the, I, I mean, I don't have any sword, sword capabilities or anything except for the word of God, but it's still, it's kind of cool to imagine, you know, we got a sword in our backpack, we got weapons, we got the, and this one's kind of scary because it says that the sword of God, the word of God, like the sword actually pierces our heart. And helps us to understand not only God, but helps us to understand ourselves. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's actually encouraging. Um, Sometimes it leads us to death. Other times it leads us out of death and into a brand new, crazy, amazing life. And uh, so we want to be able to be the kind of people that can um, look at says, all right, well, this word seems significant. Have you ever seen how God repeats things over and over and over again? Uh, I was laughing, so we were talking, Red and I were talking about our, our daughter, Kate, man, she's like super strong-willed, and so she's one of those kids that you just, stop that, stop that, stop that right now, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, do not touch that, what, do not touch that, do not, no, 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 do not touch that, and, and you laugh, we, we laugh about that because it happens, I actually think that some of these things are illustrative spiritual truths about how our relationship is with God. He's got it going on, I'm telling you. There's things there that are for real, right? And uh, he repeats things over and over, and sometimes what he does is he repeats words over and over. And uh, we need to be the people, if we're going to rightly handle the word of truth, to be able to look and say, am I getting this correctly? Because the reality of it is is that we can be prone to error, and uh, we can be led astray. Sometimes even our own, we talked about this in our worldview, that our own vision of what we're looking at actually has presuppositions. And we need to um, deconstruct some of them sometimes because some of them are correct and some of them are not correct. And so one of the ways that we do that is we use the word of God in appropriate study of looking at his truths and then asking him, remember we said this too, that we can't understand his word without a spirit. And, and he's very much alive. It's not a dead word. It's a very living word. And so we ask him to lead us into truth while we study it. And some things we want to do is look at word studies. There's some significant words in the scripture that have incredible impacts on our lives. And we want to be able to make sure that we have a firm foundation. I always think of, uh, um, actually, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our world right now, right? I mean, there's some crazy, crazy stuff going on in our world. Um, Uh, Jesus actually said, though, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, if you want to be wise, what you need to do is you need to build your house upon my words. That's what he actually said. And if you do that, you're like a man who builds their house on such a firm foundation that when all the craziness comes, it's not going to get blown down. the the, The big bad wolf is not going to be able to blow down your house. Because you have a firm foundation. We don't study the word correctly. We don't apply the word correctly. Our house gets blown down. And sometimes that happens over and over and over in our lives, even as believers. And so we need to be people who are rightly dividing the word of truth. 
So we have some uh, pretty cool things. I, I know when I first started studying the Bible, one of my favorite things that I used to go to is a, a dictionary. And uh, actually, um, it took me a little while to find the right dictionary, believe it or not. Like newer dictionaries, I found that older dictionaries actually had like more biblically centric um, interpretations of it. So I found an old one, and I absconded with it. It's an old Webster's, not a newer version of a Webster's dictionary. But we have, we have all kinds of like resources available to us. And so I used that when I was looking it up. Um, Bible dictionaries. So we have, like here, Bible dictionaries. So again, this is going to get more into specific words that are in the Bible, where uh, different teachers have actually looked things up, references and stuff. So there's lots of tools. And resources in here. Here's another one, another Bible dictionary. We have some of these down here um, in our library. And then other uh, Bible study dictionaries. When I'm doing word studies, especially in the New Testament, I brought this one up. Um, this is actually one of my favorite ones. It's actually called the Word Study New Testament. Imagine that. Word Study New Testament. We'll talk about word studies today. It's pretty cool because. Um, it's got like the whole New Testament with all of the Greek words numbered over it. And then in the back of it, you can actually go and look up that numbered word really easily. It'll show you every single occurrence of that word in the New Testament. So you can go and look up the other verses that are in there. It also has like a Greek lexicon that gives you some understandings of the words, all the different ways that the translator of this translation actually use the word. Because the same Greek word actually, depending on the context, might actually have uh, different English translations within the context. Another really great resource for doing word studies. Um, original language dictionaries. So I actually Paul was like, oh, I forgot to bring my concordance. And I called Reg. I'm like, hey, Reg, go downstairs into my library. Which she's trying to get rid of my library most of the time. She's like, you don't need this. Everything you look at is on the computer or on your phone now. And I'm like, no, I have to have it. I might need it at some time. So I called her, I'm like, go downstairs, and on one of the bottom shelves, you're going to see this humongous blue book. Bring it. And so she's like, man, it was like hurting my back. Like hurting my back. So uh, this, is, <laughs> this is actually an exhaustive concordance. Uh, it's the New American Standard, so our Pew Bibles. This one is keyed to the NASB. This thing is awesome, man. I used to, like, when we lived in, when we first got married, we lived in an apartment complex. It was, uh, what was it? It was a one-bedroom with a den, is what they called it. It's a one-bedroom with a den. And when I was doing my Bible studies, I'd have, like, all these books out over the floor, you know, and Reg would walk into our apartment. I'm like, hey, don't step on anything. I got I, I got three sets of Bibles open and I'm studying stuff. Just don't step on anything. So we had a Yorkshire Terrier. We could never train that thing at all. Uh, the last thing is, as I tell this uh, to, to the kids all the time, I want you to think with a sanctified imagination just for a minute. Ready? Okay, here it is. If God wrote a book for us, and we believe it is eternal. This book actually says about itself in several occasions that the earth that we're standing on is going to pass away, but this, the words of God will not pass away. Part of that is the fact that Jesus has been raised and nothing can, uh, can stop him. 
He's a glorious king, a victory, a, a victorious king. And he, in and of his, in, in, in of his essence, in the Gospel of John, what did John call him right at the beginning? He is the Word of God. Actually, most of this book is all about pointing us so that we can actually look at it and say, Oh, Jesus. I got it. I'm getting it. I'm beginning to get it more and more. But the scriptures themselves say that they can't be broken. They can't be, that the, that the heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. Now, think about where we're at right now in, in history, time space history. There's actually a really interesting verse in the book of Daniel. I don't have the time to go there, but it says that right before the coming of the Lord, knowledge is going to increase in crazy, crazy ways. People, it's happening. It gives me chills. My son is not growing up in the same venue that I was growing up. School is completely different. You walk into the library at my son's school, there's hardly any books in that library at all. It's all on their Chromebook. It's all on their computer. Everything. Their, their classwork, their homework. I mean, they're hardly even writing stuff on papers in school right now. Knowledge is increasing in crazy ways. Now here, listen. So if God put his eternal word into a book, and man, in his way of building the Tower of Babel, actually begins to increase knowledge by using technology, I'm going to say that I believe that we as believers should be using the technology to study this book. You with me? One of the primary reasons for owning a computer or a smartphone in my life, if you take away all the social networking aspects, is to study this book. If you're not using the technology in your house to do it, think about considering getting something to do that. Because there's some crazy um, things that the computer software can do with a very minimal financial investment, if you have a computer or a smartphone, to study the Word of God. You can open up your, your phone. I have like so many different versions of the Bible on my phone, and you can get like instantaneous concordances. This is why this thing is on my shelf right now. This whole book is available on my phone in like 10 or 12 different versions of it. And it can link from uh, the, the, the English to the Greek, and I can look at cross-reference passages and all kinds of stuff in trying to come to an understanding of God's Word. So that being said, I say use technology for the glory of God to bring about a deeper understanding of God. And here's the end. Why do we do that? So that we can love Him and so that we can love one another. Imagine using technology so that we can increase our love. That's pretty crazy. That's not all, all the reasons why technology is being used, ways that technology is being used, but within the church, that's what we should be doing. I was just going to say that uh, before we move on to some other tools, um, if you look on the screen, this is actually a screenshot of Thayer's Greek-English lexicon. And the reason I put that up there is, first of all, because a, a lexicon is like a dictionary except it uses the original language and then gives you, uh, in this case, an English definition. So when we look up a word, if you have a Bible that is indexed to Strong's, 
And that's the key. It's indexed to Strong's. And if it's an electronic Bible, uh, maybe you put your cursor over it and you get a number. That number corresponds to this number in Thayer's lexicon. Now, the cool thing about that is, is that it goes in numeric order. They were thoughty enough to number it. See how as I go up toward the alphas, the uh, numbers get smaller. And if I go to the very top almost, I'm down to 181 and then so on. So that when I get to this word, it's number two. So you can easily look up a Greek or Hebrew word if it's strong indexed by looking up the number. And a word that is numbered two is going to be on the first couple of pages. A word that is numbered 1150 is going to be in the middle somewhere. And so you don't have to know Greek or Hebrew to look up the original language words that are used in a verse and get a definition and some understanding of what that word means in the original language. And that's important because Bibles are not translated word for word. They are translated uh, oftentimes with the sense of, excuse me, with the sense of the meaning. Uh, you've heard me mention in other times that there are four Greek words for love. There is agape, there is phileo, there is eros, and there is storge. And you may wonder in a verse, well, which word is this? Is this agape or is this phileo? And if you have the numbering system, you can look it up and find out what it is. Uh, phileo is typically uh, defined as brotherly love, whereas agape is that sacrificial love, uh, like Jesus had for us when he went to the cross. Eros is a love of things. Uh, we tend to associate it with sexuality, but it's actually a love of possessions. It, it's a physical gratification uh, of whatever it is that we're after. And, and storge is a love that uh, a mother has for her offspring, whether it's human or animal. Uh, mothers take care of their young. Uh, and so you can find out what word you're looking at by using that Strong's numbering system. We don't have time this morning to go into all the details of that, but I, I want you to know that, that the... Uh, original Bible tools for getting into the language is not removed from you. No. You don't have to go to four years of, uh, three years of seminary or four years of college or whatever and study all this stuff to at least get your feet wet in the original language studies. And then you can look up all the verses, for example, uh, in Thayer's lexicon, there's a little asterisk at the end of this definition. And what that means is that every verse that it has highlighted, for example, Luke 1.5, that every verse it has highlighted 
is included in the definition. So every verse in the in the New Testament that uses Aaron or Aaron, every verse that uses that is listed in the definition. And as you go to another one, uh, every verse, if it uses every verse that is listed, it'll end with an asterisk. And that really helps, because now you have in front of you the ability to look up every New Testament verse that has that Greek word in it. So you can, you can separate your study out. It's really cool when you start uh, running those kinds of things down. And you may have a study Bible that has a Strong's Index in the back or something like that that will help you out with that. Do you want to add something to that? No. Okay. Well, you're leaving it up to me. Whoops. Where did that come from? You got to sync your iPad. Hmm? Sync your iPad onto the... <clears throat> it probably disconnected from our... So we actually are using an Apple TV. He's got an iPad, and so it'll replicate it. No, it's still on there. No, it's not. Now it is. There we go. Um, so, for example, I'm in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I can expand this up to do a word study. I can limit it. I know you can't see this because it's pretty little. But I can limit it to the New Testament and I can look up faithfulness and this is something you can put on your phone or your iPad or your uh, they have it for um, Android and uh, Google and some other uh, forms like that and then you highlight the verse that shows up and it gives you a verse that the word faithfulness occurs in. So you can use an electronic concordance. And what I mean by that is, when you put the word in, it searches all through the New Testament for that word faithfulness. And it lists every verse in which it occurs. And in this case, there's only three times that this particular word faithfulness occurs in the New Testament. But let's look up, just for yucks, joy... And you see, there's a lot of verses that have the word joy in them. And if you have this Olive Tree software on your iPad, all you have to do is touch one of them that looks interesting, and it gives it to you in the context, and you can study the whole verse in the context with that word joy in it. So... I use this all the time. Actually, I'm, I'm laughing because uh, working, Reg and I have been working in uh, 
uh, youth ministry probably for the last 20 some years and um, a lot of times what we do this is a, this is a cultural shift so when we go on retreats and stuff what do you think we do no electronics people absolutely none because you can't meet with jesus unless your bible is paper anyways that's what's inferred <laughs> actually what we do is we just don't trust the kids because we know they're going to be texting with one another like hey do you want to meet over here or you know can we like let, let's get some popcorn together or something go sit by the fire while while they're listening no i'm just a, a lot of the kids a lot of times are not even carrying bibles anymore in our youth group frequently like more and more now almost every year because we spend time reading the scriptures every week in our youth program and more and more they're just they're bringing up uh, scripture verses and it's it's awesome to watch because they'll be like well in my version this is what it says and, I, and then they're like well that's not what it says in mine and then they start talking with one another and it's like we've never really gone this far with it um and actually looking up the language but maybe at some point we will because they're moving away from paper and more into an electronic venue personally i actually think that's natural for where they're going um now the kicker is can you pay attention for longer than a 30-second YouTube clip, clip with the cat, a cute cat at the end of it, right? Because some of this, I believe, actually requires some emotional perseverance. Emotional perseverance. I don't want you to think that this is a stale thing, although some of you with the gift of teaching are going to love this, what we're talking about. Uh, I had a teacher one time, his name was David Lawson, and he was like, yeah, I got so excited about Kinsman Redeemer theology. I decided to do like a 15-week a sermon series on it in my church. And at the end of like week 12, I realized that I was killing everybody. <laughs> and only the teachers were excited about it. And I was like, <laughs> I was dying. I thought, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Uh, but some of the kids, so um, they're moving in a direction where they have so many resources at their fingertips. It's crazy. And here's the deal. I actually think that the Lord, this is my experience. You guys can attest to whether or not, um, although I, I, can, I can pull some proof texts out. I think he wants us to seek after him. I think he's desirous of us putting forth effort. It's not an instantaneous, our God is not an instant, instantaneous drive-through God. All right? We don't just go up to a speaker and say, Lord, I'll take uh, 16 gifts of the Spirit and a little extra love. And then he delivers it like in some... Don't get me wrong. I, I, you understand. I think he wants us to seek after him. And that means more than 30 seconds. That means, that means, more, that means that there's something to him that if you want to dive into the beauty of all that he is and be transformed, he's looking for us to persevere. And in certain ways, we, and he will, the Bible says clearly that he honors those who diligently seek him. It's clear over and over he repeats this. And so we need to be students of, and actually not just of the book, but what we really are is we're students of him. So if you want to have a vibrant uh, relationship in your marriage you need to be students of one another do you know what i'm talking about and even after years and years and years that doesn't mean that you have it all going on i know i surprise reg with my stupidity sometimes and and then sometimes with my joy 
And then, and, sh- and she actually is always continually surprising me, and we're growing, right? We're growing as individuals, and we're growing together. Do you think that's any different in our relationship with our eternal God that has no limit and holds the span of the universe in, in the palm of his hand? He holds it all. And so we need to be people who are diligently seeking him. You know, I'm going to take a chance here and probably embarrass myself, but uh, I'm going to try to look up and show you another way to use a concordance. Now, I was thinking about the verse was Carrie was talking, and you shall seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Have you ever had a verse come to mind and you say, I wonder where that verse is? Now, three times in the last week, I've had something like that pop up and I still couldn't find the verse, even with an electronic concordance. (laughs) So that may happen this morning because this is not uh, previewed. But here's what I'm going to do. I happen to know that that is probably in the Old Testament. So I'm going to have to change this. To, I'm going to search the whole Bible, and I'm going to look for two words, seek and find, because I know that verse probably has those two words in it. Um, look at that. The first one comes up. It's Deuteronomy 4.29, and when I get there, I can bring it down and look, but from There you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and soul. See how cool that is? It's awesome. You know, let's, uh, I'm not going to look this up, but do you know where to find the verse, the Lord helps those who help themselves? (laughs) It's in there. (laughs) It is not in the Bible. That is not a biblical verse. And and the first thing that ought to come to mind is, the Lord helps those that help themselves is contrary to grace. I I mean, it's it's all wrong. It's not biblical. It's a wrong assumption. But I heard that all my life growing up. The Lord helps those that help themselves. One day I looked it up. I couldn't find it. And I asked about it. Uh, those of you who know all these things, like I don't, and I forget, who said that? You know, I was going to guess that, but I knew I'd be wrong. So, (laughs) Benjamin Franklin wrote that. The Lord helps those that help themselves. No, the Lord helps the helpless. The people that think they got their act together, God will just let them keep going until they run off the cliff. The Lord helps the ones who know they need Him. That's the ones that He provides help for. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to do something dangerous. Uh, I'm going to ask if you have any questions at this point in time. We've been doing a lot of talking and showing you a lot of stuff. Has, Has a question come to mind that you'd like to answer, Tristan? Okay, Uh, Olive Tree is the one that I use most often. It's the one that's on the screen now. 
the Olive Tree Bible software, so you can look that up, Olive Tree, they have a freebie that includes the reader and I believe the American Standard Version. And you get that for free and and you can um, download that and try it and see if you like it. Uh, Another uh, popular one is Logos, L-O-G-O-S. Uh, Logos Bible software, and it's got a lot of stuff associated with it besides Bibles. And another one is um, Laridian, L-A-R-I-D-I-A-N. Laridian Bible software is very similar to Olive Tree. It's just laid out a little differently. But, see, one of the cool things about this is I happen to be in the New American Standard uh, Edition with Strong's numbering. So, for example, let me show you. If I um, click on the word seek, it's a Hebrew word, and it's found in the Hebrew section of Strong's number 1245. And it gives a bunch of synonyms and meanings that go with that, but it also enables you to look up the Hebrew word at number 1245. So all you have to do is click on any word in the verse. Um, This one, forget, is 7911. Uh, Latter days, that's word number 0319 so so you you can just with a touch of a finger you can find all of these different things at your fingertips but if you go to the top i got to bring some stuff down here if you go to the top and you go to books i can click on bibles and i know this is kind of small but i have all of these bibles on my iPad. These are just Bibles. Uh, one of the ones that I downloaded the other day, um, and it's not on this, so it hasn't synced yet, but we were doing a candidate interview at the district office, and uh, this gentleman was from uh, Tanzania, and he only spoke French. So Laura Livingston's husband, Jeter, was translating for us in French. But I was following the verses in French, and so I clicked on my French Bible, and I could find the verses and kind of pick up what he was talking about. I have several Spanish Bibles on here. I have Greek, I have Hebrew, I have a multiple of English Bibles, and they're right on the iPad. And the the cool thing is you can change from one to the other without losing the verse you're in. So if, uh, in this case, you're in Deuteronomy uh, 4.26, wish I could see that, Deuteronomy 4.26, if I go to a different version, I'm going to still be at Deuteronomy 4.26. So I can compare one version to to the next. So those are, that's Olive Tree, Loridian, Logos, those are some of the big ones. There are many others out there. But those are the ones I'm familiar with and use. And then on my uh, computer, I use a different one. We'll get there. 
I use a version, uh, an electronic uh, version called BibleWorks, and BibleWorks has a search engine here for the concordance. It has the text here, and it has all kind of different helps over here. And if I click down on the text, I'm in the New American Standard, but if I click down on this, I have English Bibles, these are all the Bibles I have loaded on here, and it includes uh, English and, uh, well, there's 40-something different uh, translations uh, and 30 or so different languages. There's, I think there's 77 translations and 30 or so different languages. So, uh, And I can switch from this section here which is the reader section to the one that has all the different versions one verse at a time so I can see the New American Standard the Greek uh, the New International the English Standard Version and so forth uh, with this particular software it's called Bible Works uh, you'll have to save up your money and uh, put that on your Christmas list <laughs> you can get you can get olive tree very inexpensively. Uh, Bible works will cost you three or four hundred dollars to get into, but uh, and really it's not uh, it's it's designed for pastors and teachers that are digging into things deeply. But uh, you know if you get real motivated, who knows? Uh, you had another question that was more difficult, Tristan. Yep, App Store on your iPad, uh, App Store on Google or whatever. Um, yeah. Bible Gateway is free and that has multiple versions. version is another one that's just awesome. So you don't have to spend money to get into that. Uh, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Bible.org. Netbible.org. Okay. Carol, did I see your hand? Yes. Um, I know there's many that are not included. That's okay. And that's why Carrie showed you at the beginning the hard volumes. You can go to Amazon and you can buy these uh, on Amazon and have it in plain old book form. And so if you're not uh, comfortable with computer or the pad uh, technologies, um, you can still buy the hardback. And the neat thing is some of them are getting cheaper and cheaper because you can buy that big, thick concordance occasionally um, that's an exhaustive concordance. Hold Strong's up for a minute, the big one. You can buy that sometimes for 6 to $10 and uh, it'll list every verse in the Bible and every word in every verse. So it's, it's available that way. This is a word study Bible by Spiro Zodiades. He's a, he's a Greek scholar. Awesome. It's got everything for New Testament built right into it. So you don't need to have, I mean, for years I had several different, you know, a Bible dictionary, uh, um, the 
my songs before other things start to smart. Thank you. Yeah, CBD. Yeah, yep. tons of materials. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. You can get everything from Christian book, uh, distributors.com, CBD. It's what I know it as, CBD.com. The interesting thing is, on the books that are carried by Amazon, you need to compare the pricing because it may be less money on one than it is on the other. And does CBD offer used books? No, but Amazon, Amazon you can get used books, and sometimes you can get a book for 2 or $3 that you might have retailed for 15 or 20 or even more. And if you don't mind a little wrinkle in a paperback or um, a little wear on a cover spine, that's a great, uh, you know, that's a great source. I, I hope that we've at least given you enough this morning to know how to take a word and begin to look it up. You can start with Webster's, <laughs> and you can go to a Bible dictionary. Then you can go to the back of your Bible to the concordance and see if that word is there. Not every word is going to be in the back of the Bible you carry and read because it would be as big as the big book. You know, you'd have to carry that around. But if you get a copy of Strong's, you can do that. If you have the electronic stuff, all you need is a finger. Anyone will work. You know, you might even be able to use your elbow if you make it big enough. But all of that is at your fingertips. And the more you play with it, you know, and that's the hardest thing for people that are getting introduced to computers to learn. I keep saying you can't break it. Some people can. But usually, if you just turn it off and start over, <laughs> it, it'll work. Um, you can just play and find out what it'll do. And by use, you develop the, the habits and the abilities. Well, we're going to uh, wrap it up because we could uh, have fun doing this for a very long time. Uh, we're going to wrap it up singing hymn number 408. Um, who's leading us? Ann, are you leading us in that? And next week we'll have something else for you.